I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to The Visible Artist. My name is Sophie Loxton-Lucas, and I'm pleased to bring you this episode recorded in the Wimbledon studio of Dawn Beckles. Dawn is not afraid to be bold in her paintings. She transforms the traditional still life form by placing it in contemporary settings and using bright, sometimes neon colours. In this conversation, we discuss her confident approach to her work, how she's not afraid to break rules when it comes to colour, and why she believes it is important not to create work specifically to appeal to buyers. Dawn has had plenty of experience successfully selling her work in person, as she has participated in London, Brooklyn and LA editions of the other art fair. She talks candidly about transporting her work overseas and the reaction from these international audiences to her work. We also discuss her participation in the Sky Arts Landscape Artist of the Year television series and why by taking a risk on the show proved to be such a valuable exercise for her painting practice. Dawn's work has been long-listed for the BP Portrait Award, featured in the Soho House Collection and exhibited in the recent Hospital Rooms annual auction at Hauser & Worth, London. Dawn is incredibly open and honest about her journey as an artist, so I really hope you enjoy this conversation. Hi Dawn. Hi. Thanks for having me in your studio. No problem at all. It's really nice to be here. We're at Wimbledon Art Studios and I'm really struck by how it has quite a friendly uh busy vibe for a studio block which is not usually the case yeah i mean i i have visited other studios where there isn't as much of a community as as we actually have here and i think that's because a lot of the people that are on this particular floor have been here for like at least five years and we've just all managed to stay friends and it's just nice and friendly and when you need to have that conversation with someone or go and have a coffee in someone's room and, you know, sit down with someone at lunch just to have, to get away from your own brain sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Helps to keep you sane, I think. (laughs) Well, it seems particularly friendly here and you've been here working in the studio for a long time. Yeah, I've been 
I've been in this building for approximately 12 years. I've been in three separate studios, one of which is now a disabled toilet. (laughs) (laughs) The other is just around the corner. And then I moved in here and then I've knocked through to the studio next door. But I've definitely been on a pathway (laughs) up to where I am now. Yeah, this is a really nice big space. And you were telling me just before we started recording how you quite ambitiously combined two studios and not yeah. two. Yeah, because I realised that in the studio, just in the, the one studio that I was in, I was constantly working on the floor and I would have to put things away in order to do anything. So if I was painting, I would need to move. I couldn't package things at the same time. And when it, when we had like lockdown and everything like that, you had to package things and you have to cut things and you can't have an active painting that's made out of canvas when you've got a scalpel. Because <laughs> then, and plus I'm I'm just like not very coordinated, so it was just asking for trouble. Um, so now that I've moved into the studio next door, I've, I've made designated areas that I can paint and I can package and I can frame. And if I need to, if it's a larger frame, I still have enough floor space to make that larger frame and to stretch a larger canvas without it being a big deal whereas Mm. before I I couldn't do a lot of things because I would have to put things away and then it was just like too much too much stress and then sometimes I would try and then I would just get into trouble (laughs) and I'd think oh yeah I've done this really well and then I'd hang it on the wall and it was totally not straight and (laughs) I'd have to start again and or I I didn't do the canvas properly because I didn't have the space to stretch it properly and it was all warped and yeah Yeah. (laughs) so so now it's 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 I've got a good layout um, it's a bit messy at the minute because I haven't tidied um, bits and pieces away and I'm like um, working on a few pieces at, at the moment. But I can operate in here quite safely without hurting myself or any paintings. <laughs> well, that's more than can be said for some studios I've seen where you open the door and there's so much in there. You can almost you almost can't walk in. Yeah. And it's just piles of stuff everywhere. But well, that's what this looks like before, because literally there was just like a walking space. I think it looks now that I've knocked through to the next door and I've got everything like laid out like this. It it looks quite deceptive, but if you have you have to imagine that this storage was in that studio. Yeah. <laughs> so then it was just a walkway. It was literally just a walkway, and my desk was over in that corner where the mm. the filing cap. I mean, I have gotten more furniture, obviously. <laughs> Um, well, you've got a lot going on, quite a lot to prepare for. So yeah, you and I like functioning. Yeah, and properly. I I like to have a space to put just about anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I have a space to put just about anything. I like and you're preparing for an open studio, aren't you? Do yes. You enjoy that whole experience of opening up your studio visually and getting it ready almost setting up like a gallery yeah I mean it, it is an enjoyable experience number one it's a uh, it, it makes me totally um, spring clean the studio twice a year so I have a, a deep clean but it's also good to show newer pieces in the actual studio and I think people can get a, a better understanding of me as a person by coming into my studio and just seeing what I'm surrounded by so yeah, I do I do enjoy it and it's definitely a build up and I I do like doing it, but it's just like it's the build up to it. I always put myself under so much pressure. I always I always do that. I'm like, 
everyone was saying, you've, you've got new work. You can just put that on. I'm like, no, I want to do more new stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so then, and then obviously I decide, oh yeah, I'm going to do them in oil. So then I have to make sure I'm like, how am I going to frame this? <laughs> like, so I have to finish by Saturday just so I can make sure they're vaguely dry so I can put them in the frames. Yeah. So you put yourself under lots of pressure to create a lot more work yeah. just before the open studio. Yeah, because I get an idea in my head. Like, whenever it comes up to the open studios, I'm like, okay, I want it to look this particular way. It's like with the, the last fair that I, I did, I wanted it to look a particular way. And usually I'll be like, no, it's not going to happen. Just forget about it. But last fair it went really well and I I didn't give up on it. And now I'm like, right, okay then. <laughs> and now I have to go with the actual idea. So I've got a vision in my head of what I want it to be like. So I have mm. to do that. So the inside is going to be new. The outside is going to be slightly old. <laughs> <laughs> part of your vision, you're going to be painting your studio, aren't you? For this yeah, one. I'm redecorating. Well, I say redecorating. I'm just trying to um, pinkify it a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, you know. And what's it like during the open studios? Do you enjoy... I mean, you're sort of waiting in your studio for people to come in. Yeah. And you're not able to just carry on painting. You get yeah, it's, it's interesting because I find... I use the time to update my website <laughs> <laughs> and, and catalogue my work because a lot of my work isn't up on my website up until I come up to open studios. And then I have the time because then you've got four days where you're you're basically in front of your computer until mm. someone actually comes in to, you know, have a conversation or whatnot. Um, but I use it to update my website <laughs> and attempt to plan some Instagram <laughs> and, and things like that and catch up on emails, which mm. I'm terrible at. So I, I just try to, um, you know, use the time wisely because mm. otherwise you can go a little bit stir crazy because you do want to paint. Yeah. I mean, last Open Studios, I did end up coming over to this corner <laughs> and just hiding and just doing some painting. But And when someone comes into the room, do you, do you find it... It seems like quite an unnatural situation where they're coming into your private studio space. Yeah. It's intense for you and for them. Yeah. So they don't really know what to expect before they've walked in. Yeah, I think sometimes some people, they don't know what to say, especially if I'm around this corner, they can't really see me. So they'll be having a conversation. <laughs> And I'll just pop up. I just I listen a little, <laughs> and I'm like, "Is this a positive conversation? Should I poke my head around the corner or not?" Yeah, it is quite personal because they are coming into my space, but it's nice to be able to welcome someone in into the space, like because mm. um, I don't exactly do it very often. I am quite closed in. Mm. I mean, two of my windows are boarded up. <laughs> I am so easily distracted. <laughs> like I'm, I'm literally like a human version of a meerkat. <laughs> so even with this one window, and I've got it tinted just so that I'm not as distracted, and so people don't look in because people <laughs> tend to because the other two are boarded up. They see one window that isn't boarded, they jump up and down, or they knock on the window. Yeah. And as soon as I see something moving, I'm like, <laughs> "What's going on?" So I, I do. I do distract myself. I work with headphones on because mm. my my hearing's really sensitive and I hear everything. <laughs> so I work with headphones on and I try to have something nice and calm or something that I've seen before that mm. won't distract me too much. But um, 
yeah, I, I just kind of closed myself in. But your studio days are pretty long, aren't they? Because you said you came into the studio at 7 a.m. Yeah. Usually. And then well, you I wake up at 4.30. <laughs> I wake up at 4.30 and I, it's like I, I lay there and I wait for my alarm to go off at 5.30. <laughs> and then I'll get up and start to get ready. And then I, I leave maybe 6.30, 6.45 and, and drive in. And then you're in the studio for like 12 hours. Yeah. So... How much of that time are you intensely painting? It's a long day. It depends, really, because if I've been thinking about something overnight, then I'll come in and I'll start painting straight away, and then I'll have breakfast, and then I'll have I, I'll go back to painting, or I might do some emails, and then I'll go back to painting, or I might make some frames, or I might prime up something, and it's just totally dependent on how I actually feel when I actually come in, because sometimes you you're not there mentally to actually yeah. do anything and there's some days where you know you're just going to mess everything up so that's when I prime things and I make frames yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just have them there prepared and the things that I can't ruin I think because I think sometimes you you try to push yourself a little bit too hard and you try to work on something and you're like you're just making it worse and you yeah. ru- end up ruining it and then you get to the end of the day you're like why did I do that to myself <laughs> totally ruined it so what's it like when you are in your stride and you're feeling it and you're painting then I just I just paint and I just keep going and Mm. I listen to my books and some music and and I just um enjoy it and would you be working just on one piece because there's quite a lot of pieces in this room I'm looking at now no because I I have issues with waiting for things to dry (laughs) so for me it's really important that I have several pieces on the go because there's no way that I would actually finish one piece I did try to just work on one painting once and it was terrible because I would just sit there staring at it Mm. and I'm like where am I actually going with this and I realized pretty early on that I need to walk, turn it away, walk, be able to walk away from it, not see it and do something else. And then something will pop up in my head. And I'm like, oh, that's where I want to go with it. And then I can go back to it and then I'll finish that. And then I'm like, I don't know where I'm going with that anymore. So, And then I can go back to whatever it was that I was doing before. So for me, it's really important to have the different things mm. and different areas where I can go where I can't see them. <laughs> because otherwise like my brain's just like "Mm, it's too much and I just can't and so do you see your pieces as linked and because I'm thinking that they're very ornate and there's lots of details yeah and do you bring different details from each piece into other pieces or are they very separate I think with this new these new pieces that I've been working on I'm trying to have them tell a story so like I've got like the table setting on on that one and like she's having like afternoon tea kind of situation mm. and then this one's set up where it's like it's still like an uh, um a table situation but there's no tea involved and then there's no human except mm. for the the nude that I've mm. I've added to it but I'm trying to with with all the newer pieces that I'm doing I'm trying to add in more of um a human aspect mm. to it so I'm trying to move away from like the stark still lies but I'm still I'm still doing because I, I can't just totally walk away yeah. from my I like painting my little pots <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's was... talk about more about your work because yeah. I mean I've seen it over quite a few years now it's always so distinctive yeah 
how would you describe your work? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Slightly eclectic, very yeah. maximalist, but at the yeah. same time, when you when um, the little miniatures, the the very they're not very maximal, they're very minimal mm. um, for my work. I go through different moods and um, and phases with my work, but a lot of them are based around the interiors and still life, um, physical jars and things that you touch and collect mm. inside of your home. And now I've just brought in the portraits and I've got an obsession with hands reaching things <laughs> at the minute. My work is quite broad. I'm not just doing one one thing because, like I said, my brain is just mm. so scattered. But they all do link up and they all do tell a story. I think it's interesting that you're bringing figures in because when I look at your works, there's... They're really, they're really busy. There's a lot of there's pieces in there. There's lots of decorative objects and paintings and beautiful furniture. But there's always a space as well yeah. for a person that's yeah. not there. And yeah. you kind of can go into the space. But now you're actually bringing the figure into your work or you're bringing in just the hand. hand. And then, it's but quite you, interesting. Yeah, because then it's still, you're still questioning who that person is. Yeah. So, like, with the portraits, obviously, you can see who the person is, but where there's just, like, a hand reaching in, you're, you're wondering who that person is. You're wondering about their personality, where they're from. And I like to have that element of mystery, yes. <laughs> per, per se, and to make you think and to look a little bit deeper and try to figure out something more about the individual. The objects that you have in each piece, mm. are they linked to... Are they linked at all? Is there a theme or is it really quite a like, medley of all sorts of things? No, it, like it, more magpie just picking Yeah, it's, it's literally, I, I'll get an idea of a person in my head and I'll have something to say about that person and then I'm just decorating what I think their interior would be like. So like with the collages, and um, the, they tend to always have some sort of text in there where I'm commenting on something that's mm. happened or I'm quoting someone. And then I just piece together the interiors to go with who I think that person is that would be saying those things or, or would have heard those things. I don't plan anything. I've tried that. <laughs> it do, again, with the mm. like working on one painting, it just doesn't work for me. Mm. It always ends up looking atrocious. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like how I also try to paint with subtle colours. Yes, I was going to ask you about your colours. But before I say that, it must be interesting if you've got an idea of who this sort of person is Mm. and then you build that around the painting, it must be interesting having done open studios and fairs, seeing Mm. who likes that. Yeah, and it's it's quite strange because... When I think about the people that collect my work, I, I have an idea in my head of who these these individuals are. It never matches up with really? the actual person that actually ends up collecting it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they say in, in industry, you should work out who your target market is. Yes. And then you should go with that. And, and that's what you aim towards and you work towards. And every single time I think I've worked it out, someone comes along that's just not in the market <laughs> at all you're just like um <laughs> it's not really where I thought it was gonna go I, I mean I'm not gonna argue <laughs> I find it very difficult to to work that that element of it out but 
I'm just happy that someone actually understands it and, mm. and likes it. So I'm, I'm no longer trying to work that out because <laughs> I feel like I'm wasting my time, really. And what about the colours? Because obviously colours plays a huge part in your work. Can yeah. You tell me more about that. I think when I am working with my colours, I want them to be, I want them to, a lot of them, I want them bright and vibrant I tend to vary away from dark and somber colors and even if I do use dark blue or something like that there will be some sort of contrasting bright color to to lift it I don't want to be creating anything that is doom or gloomy I want it to be nice and happy and I want the story to be enthusiastic but true but sometimes they're not very enthusiastic they're a little bit deeper but I just like the bright colours, I mm. think it's important to have colour around you mm. and to just be able to feel with them because mm. they talk about colour therapy and how colours affect your moods and things, and I totally agree with that. <laughs> and I'm here in full black today, <laughs> but with a pink scarf. Yeah, you <laughs> I mean... <laughs> But I feel as though there's adding colour and then there's really going to colour. Like you use lots of neon, don't you? Yeah, I love neon. I love neon, especially like when um, a lot of my work, I, I put the neon on the edges because I like them to like glow yes. inside of the inside of the white frames. And then if they're not on the white in in the white frames, then they can glow off on the walls. Mm. So it's like they have a like presence. I don't want you to walk past it and 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 like not see it. <laughs> I want you to know it's there. It's like hello. <laughs> and I think I read somewhere that you said that the light was different in Barbados. Yeah, and that really influences your work. Yeah, as well. totally. I think because like the majority of the time it's like sunshine and everyone's. This is going for my opinion now. <laughs> I haven't lived there for a while, but um, everyone's just a little bit more happy and outgoing and they're outside in the sunshine and talking and everything's just so much brighter. Mm. And I think you feel that when you go to different countries on holiday, you tend mm. to wear brighter colours. Mm. And I just feel like I'm, I'm remembering and reminiscing on my time my time there when I'm doing my work as well and just bringing in a little bit of the colourful aspect of it. Mm. Because like some of those colours are on houses in Barbados. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are not shy. <laughs> I mean, you think the houses in Notting Hill are colourful, but they are not, you, you know, go see a proper chateau house and then you're going to be like, Hello. <laughs> well, it's obviously something that you have got like a deep instinct for because your work has always been this colourful. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've never um, really moved away from that. No, no. I mean, I have tried. When when you're first starting out, you you always think that you should try to fit a certain criteria, mm. and everyone wants to sell. And I think you you can fall quite easily fall into the mindset that if you have it a more subtle colour, mm. then it's more appealing to a wider audience. Mm. But I realised pretty quickly that that was not the way <laughs> to, to go. 
yeah, no. <laughs> it just wasn't for me. You seem to be that you can take your work in different directions because you've been long-listed for the BP Portrait Award. Yeah. But you've also been on the Sky Arts Landscape Artists of the Year yeah. programme. So you've kind of gone yeah yeah because i i i wanted to challenge myself and i and i almost feel that when i entered them i wanted to prove something to myself that i could do it like i i have done landscape artists and I, i did that twice the first time it didn't quite go to plan i had a lot of cancelled flights on me i was very stressed <laughs> and that painting just did not work out and then I had like at the back of my mind that I'd failed so I wanted to go back and make sure that I finished and that I did it and I was calm and mm. it was a good and happy experience and I did that and I was really <laughs> pleased with myself so for listeners on podcasts who aren't familiar with Landscape Arts mm. yeah, it's a television program yeah and what did you have to do on it and how did you find um so so um the the episode that I was in um was in uh Whitstable so they tell you the they tell you where it's going to be so like Whitstable but they don't tell you the location so you do a little bit of research and google so I googled Whitstable and when I googled Whitstable it just brought up beaches yeah. you know and little beach huts and so I did some little practices on you know beaches and like painting water and things because it's not in it's not something that I usually do so Mm -hmm. I'm like it's good to try and practice these things and obviously it's under a time scale as well because you're getting it's like four hours um but you're being interrupted with like cameras and ask questions and what is the meaning (laughs) so you have to be prepared for these sort of things i'm like okay so if i'm not like panicking about what it is i'm painting then i'll be okay doing that so you know i practiced and then i arrived at the location and i was faced with fishing harbor with boats in it (laughs) (laughs) and i was like what's going on And I was just like, oh, this is not what I practiced at all. And I was just like, <laughs> it's just one of those things where you're just like, right, okay. Just sometimes these things don't work out the way mm. you think they're going to work out. But you can either panic about it or just like take a deep breath mm. and move on and do it. And it worked out fine. I mean, I painted what I wanted to paint. Like the first one that I did, I did a larger piece and that totally didn't go right. So I went nice and small, yeah. a nice scale that I could manage. And at first I was like, oh yeah, you know, I'll do one and then I'll decide if I'm going to do the same thing bigger. And then I was like, oh, I'll do three small ones. And then I'll decide whether between the three small ones. And I was like, no, I actually quite like all three of them. <laughs> so I was like, can I give you all three of them? <laughs> fine fine but it was it was definitely an interesting experience and I enjoyed it it was good to do yeah it's not something that I usually do because landscapes Mm. just aren't in my comfort zone yeah because I could imagine you one good turn up and just be almost paralyzed with indecision and not know what to paint and then then not really have a vision and just never really create anything but they're not really sure what you're creating well yeah and and then there's also the case of the fact that it was outside I don't paint outside (laughs) I mean I come in here at seven o'clock and I practically lock the doors and I don't leave until seven I I go outside to go home 
<laughs> that's it. I'm not an outside person at all. <laughs> so outside and you have the bugs and the wind and every, and yeah. when they filmed it, it was really hot. So everything was drying faster. Oh, yeah. So I'm there with my water squirting. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was just, it was, it was a, an uncomfortable situation, but at the same time, it was a good situation yeah. because I, it, it proved I proved to myself that I could actually paint outside if I had mm. to. And were they coming up to you and asking questions about your work? So yeah. So those thinking this is going to be on television. Yeah. And I'm like trying to think, oh, don't say something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, and they they were really all really really nice um thankfully and um they asked really good questions and i think i was just so focused um mm. that it it went okay mm. and it wasn't too panicked or or anything like that so mm. i was it was good it was <laughs> it was actually a really good experience compared to the first time it was a really good experience and the other artists that were there they were all really nice and lovely but they obviously paint (laughs) (laughs) what they were doing and I mean I I was totally out of my comfort zone but it it was um, a wonderful experience Mm. you seem quite adventurous with where you show your work I was was about to say adventurous what are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) Um, because you said yourself and I'll quote this my administration skills are atrocious (laughs) (laughs) but you've Embarked on some really ambitious projects, like taking your work over to LA and Brooklyn. How did you manage that? Like, how did you handle the challenge of doing that? I did mean, you find the admin side? <laughs> I mean, it was. This is with that, the other up. Yeah, I, I, like, I booked everything, and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then there was a case of working out how am I going to get the artwork there, and I was like, am I going to ship the artwork? And then I was looking at my finances, and I'm like, no, I'm not going to ship the artwork. <laughs> I need to find another way. And then my other half was like, ski bag. (laughs) So then I unstretched the artwork and took everything apart. I rolled the canvases together and I put them in a drain pipe that I taped together. And I put that inside of the ski bag, which was padded. Then I strapped the stretcher bars together and put those inside of the ski bag with the pipe, taped them together and then packed up the the ski bag and that that was it yeah and then it's just a case of putting it all together when I got there which is definitely an experience because I I had I think I had hand luggage a backpack a large suitcase because I carried some small pieces that were on wood so I had a large suitcase and a giant ski bag that's 180 centimeters long <laughs> and heavy because it's got the stretcher bars in it. So I'm coming through. <laughs> I'm like walking up because I went on my own as well yeah, because wow. Michael and Michael and Mark they arrived a, a few days before, so I didn't have any help. Yeah. <laughs> so it was definitely an adventure. Also, I think sometimes customs going through into the US can yeah. be quite intimidating. Oh. They can be quite intimidating on the desks. So yeah, exactly because. Like, like why are you here I'm like I'm here to Always do an op <laughs> I'm here to do an op <laughs> where is it and I'm like I don't really know I'm gonna have to check on my phone I'm not from here <laughs> that's my favorite one I'm like I'm not from here I'm gonna have to check the address but you can see it there <laughs> I mean, I have traveled quite a bit on my own and I always get a little bit nervous when I'm like traveling and everything, but I do organize. And when it comes to traveling, I'm very organized. Mm. I plan everything. 
and I print everything. I am a millennial. <laughs> I print everything just in case. Yeah. And I have copies of everything in every single situation just mm. in case. It's quite a big undertaking to be taking all your work on your own and then putting it together and then coming on site and selling it. Yeah. And having all the extra information that you might need. Yeah. Business cards and being prepared to actually sell the work, having all the prices and everything calculated yeah it's just i think in situations like that when you when you're going abroad especially you really need to make sure that you've made a a good concise list and all the things that you think that you might not possibly need you will need Mm. you don't want to get there and you're like oh i forgot i need a screw for something something Mm -hmm. is broken in transit Mm. and if you've brought some small framed ones that something's happened and you don't have glue you don't have paint and you chipped it and then you're trying to figure out in a foreign country where to go and find these things and that in itself is stressful Mm. so just carry a little bit of everything with you tape it up really well (laughs) keep it in a plastic container not glass containers Because that's asking for trouble. And just try and have as much with you as possible. And just make sure you plan. Mm. Planning is key. And how did the audiences respond to your work? They actually responded quite well. Whenever you're doing a fair, you never really know how people are actually going to respond to the Mm. body of work. And it was a different country. And then you're totally outside of your comfort zone. When I was in LA and when I was in New York, they were really enthusiastic. They really liked the colours, especially in, in LA. Because mm. everyone's so happy and they're all like, hi. <laughs> it was, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. And of course, America is slightly different as well because they have bigger walls. So it's, it's easier to a certain extent to sell bigger pieces, but it's also good to have smaller pieces that could be that someone can work up to something mm. bigger. So I, I went out with a big one. I was being really adventurous. <laughs> <laughs> I went out with a big one and luckily I did actually sell it. That was good because then I didn't have to care about the stretcher yeah. bars. <laughs> <laughs> so, was one of your objectives to build up a network of new buyers? In yeah, because when you're in different countries as well, you're picking up email addresses and you're building your email list and you don't know who is actually attending Mm. and it's really good to expose yourself to a broader market and get the perspective of people that aren't in your Mm. immediate surroundings it's great Mm. it's great because it's just a huge catchment area Mm. once you've once you've left little old blighty yes I think lots of artists might consider London as a big enough network yeah. that you're trying to tap into. And we were talking about this with the Open Studios, that there's new people always coming in. Yeah. It's surprising that living in this area, they weren't aware of the studios. Yeah. But to then take on New York and take on LA, yeah. it's... You think it was worth going out there? Yeah, definitely. If you are going to pursue it, it's really important to get your work seen by as many people as mm. as possible. And you don't know who's taken the picture and who shared it where and mm. who sent it to who. But these things always come back and may not come back the next day, may not come back the next week or the next month. I've had people come back after two years and say, oh, yeah, I saw you at XYZ yeah. and now I'm ready. Can I have something around this size? What mm. do you have? And 
they wouldn't have seen that if I hadn't bothered to put myself out there. Yeah. And it's important to put yourself out there. It's uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) It's very uncomfortable. And I mean, I have been very guilty of hiding and (laughs) going walk about and, you know, shopping, (laughs) you know, everything I could possibly do to actually not be there because it, it, it can be very intimidating to have that conversation with someone making a comment about your work because you yes. don't know what they're going to say. Yeah. And I think when you're put in that situation for the first time, you don't know how you're going to react as well. But it teaches you how to talk about your work. Mm. And I think that's very important. I think the more you do and the more you put yourself out there and you put your work out there, it, it gives you a better understanding of your work and it also gives you a better understanding of yourself mm. because you see, you get the opinion of someone else of what they actually get from the piece and what you are trying to say with the piece is not necessarily what they will actually get from mm. it because some people see something totally different and then you can actually see that as well and it gives you another aspect of your work to talk about mm. with other people. Have you ever had a situation where someone has been openly negative about your work in front of you? And how, how did you deal with that? Um, usually when they're being negative, it's because it's it's bright. And they yeah. say, oh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> they go, ooh. <laughs> That's bright. You can't, you can't miss that. And then they don't say anything other than that. Because it, usually I take that as a, you know, a prerequisite for me to just shuffle to the opposite side of the stuff. <laughs> I say, yes, yes, it is, isn't it? I like to, you know, stand out from the crowd and then just, I'll just shuffle myself to the opposite, you know. No one's been like aggressively like, that's a terrible painting or anything like that. Um, Oh, that's good. That's good to hear. No, I I, I haven't been in that situation, Mm. which, you know, touch wood, I will never be in that situation. (laughs) Please don't come for me. (laughs) No. No, it's not happened, thankfully. And in terms of the more international markets, it gives future buyers Mm. reassurance that you've taken your work and you've shown in all these different places. Yeah. As well, if they're buying from you, that you're an artist worth investing in and following. That leads me on to your work was recent, well, is now hanging up in Shoreditch House in the reception area. Yeah, because um, they have another piece that's in the the farmhouse Mm. in the reception area there. And then um, she contacted me because they they did a, um, they did a refit over lockdown. And um, then she contacted me and asked me if I had anything available. So I sent off a little selection of what mm. was available and that piece was um, chosen. And that was the first time I had actually seen it because it's been in there, I think, for at least a year now. Mm. But I don't have a membership. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get in to see it. And l- luckily, um, um, we went out for dinner um, after, I think, the Friday night of the show mm. or something like that. So we went there to take get some paparazzi shots by um, Mark. Nice. <laughs> well, it's a really prominent position. I know it's, it's literally the, right in the entrance. I was the a bit. Original, so houses. Yeah. The Shoreditch one is. I always think of it as one of the main ones. Yeah. In the world, really. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think that's the first one that I actually. It was the first one I actually went to, so it was it was a big deal, mm. and um, I was really excited about it. And and even when we went to New York, we went to the, we went to all of the houses <laughs> in New York through one day. I think we went to three. Mm. I think there's three. Yes. And um, we worked in all of them. <laughs> 
<laughs> we worked in all of them. It was amazing. Well, it's a great collection to have your work in. Yeah, yeah. So I was very excited about that and mm. very pleased with that. So I'm going to be talking about that one for a while. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's in the reception, you know. <laughs> Well, hopefully you'll get people messaging you after the blues and yeah. they saw your piece and yeah. you'd love to commission something or come along to Open Studio. Yeah, you know. Um, I'm here. <laughs> so just before we finish, Dawn, um, do you have any advice for an artist? I always ask my interviewees this. It doesn't have to be the piece, but a piece of advice that you um, give to an artist. Just try to continue to put yourself out there and try to continue to challenge yourself and continue to learn and develop. Don't just feel that you need to keep doing exactly the same thing. You can grow as an artist and your, your practice, um, can develop. Don't feel that you need to like keep yourself constricted in, in a box. Be adventurous and go out there and meet new people, see new things, participate in things. And, and, um, I mean, I try and participate in as many things as people will ask me to participate in. <laughs> They're like, oh, do you want to do this? I'm like, yes. <laughs> what size does it need to be? <laughs> I've always had the mindset that I would not say no. I'm kind of reaching the stage now where I need to stop saying yes. Mm. But if someone asks me to do something, then I'll say Yes, because it, it challenges you to do different things. Mm. And for me, I need to have the human interaction to develop my conversation um, because I don't really go out that often. Mm. So <laughs> conversation for me is quite difficult. So, yeah, just, just keep putting yourself out there, keep learning and try and participate in as many things as you possibly can. Mm. Well, thank you so much for saying yes to this. Yay! <laughs> it was great to have you on the podcast. Thank you for coming. <laughs> thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please follow Dawn at Dawn Beckles and the podcast at The Visible Artist Podcast. Next week's episode is another Art World special, so don't forget to tune in next Friday.